Hey, babe, did you pray for me today? Uh, nah. Honestly, I've been really busy today. But I prayed for you yesterday. Yesterday isn't good enough. I said, did you pray for me today? No, babe, but we went to church today, so it's okay. I don't care if we went to church. If you're not praying for me every day, the enemy is going to shoot me. You're doing the most. He's shooting both. So we just both uncovered out here. No, we be praying together. <sighs> welcome, welcome, welcome back. This is another episode of Toy, Toy Life. Life. And I'm your host, Celis Hamilton. And this is your girl, Daniel Hamilton. And I still am suffering and recovering from the bullet wounds that my wife let the enemy oh shoot me with because she didn't pray for me. How do I, how am I supposed to feel, y'all? How am I supposed to feel? Anyways, so I just want to talk about how beautiful marriage is and just what a gift it is from the Lord. But can I just be real for one second and talk about how sometimes it could be a distraction to your own personal relationship with God? I don't agree. What do you mean you don't agree? I'm going to let you finish, but I don't agree. Go ahead. No, it's I think, well, personally, I want to talk about myself, but sometimes when I get home and I'm tired from a, a day of work and, and I'm not feeling good about certain things, I'm just kind of going through it, the first thing I do is literally cast my burdens on my husband. And then I feel so convicted after that because I'm like, oh, I really need to be taking, to the, the, taking this to the Lord first. Mm. But I don't. And when you do that, you said you feel convicted after, but don't you feel good? Like you got it off your chest? I do, but then also what makes me feel convicted is I expect you to do something about it. And then you realize I'm not God. Right. Ooh, you just convicted the heck out of me when you said that because I've done the same. I've definitely done the same. And that whole piece that you shared about just being a distraction is real because you are always there with me, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's a, you know, we're a physical, you're a physical body. I can see you. I, I can could touch talk you. to I you. Can feel you. You could I respond can, to me. And not I can say, get an immediate answer right, to my problem. Exactly, right. Which can be really a distraction because, yeah, God may not speak to us directly in the moment that we need him to, but he's always there. We may not see him, we may not feel him, but he's there. And I think that's just kind of messed up that he's kind of in the back burner while we over here just laying each other's burdens on each other. That's real. Okay, so when you recognize that, what do you do about it? Or what do you think the answer, the solution is? Because I'm sure we're not the only couple of who... Course. We can't be the only couple who has this problem. So what... How do we get out of this Well, I think, it's, I think it's to remember the reality that you're not always going to meet my needs. That you're imperfect. And I cannot expect you to be perfect, to know everything, to give me what I want at all times. You know, like... You have and you always, there will always be a time where you fail me, just like I will always fail you. And so I think that key reminder that you are not God is is how we get out of this thing. That's good. That's really good. It makes me think about like this concept that 
if you don't have your own personal relationship with God, then naturally you'll depend on the Christian you know or the strongest mm-hmm. person you know. Right. And I think we Not do the same thing. Not even a spouse. Thing. Like, it doesn't even have to... For even people that aren't married, like, oh, I'm just going to rely on my, my bigger sister or my parents. Because right? I had friends that did the same thing. I was the the person who everybody came to when they were in a trial because they were like, hey, Celis can pray for me. Celis can give me some advice. And now that I think about it, I also, though I was doing a good thing for God, I kind of served as that buffer that kept them from going straight to him because Mm. they came to me instead. But I also want to just say that it's not a bad thing that we come to our brothers and sisters right because in scripture it talks about carry each other's burdens i think the issue is when we go to a person whether that's your spouse your friend your sibling your parent and then not go to god about it or to go to them first right Right. who do you go to first what is your first right what is your first solution in in the the situation of a problem like do you pray first or like do you vent to somebody Mm. right i think that's a great question um while you're looking up i I think we have a scripture that i want to go to if you can pull pull up that scripture um i want to say that the way that i've combated this in the moments when i know that i've ran to you and threw my burdens on you the way that i combated it i think was just disciplining myself through the very hard process of prayer because it's not something I want to go to, but it's usually the thing that will help remind me that God is my number one. So my wife just put up a scripture and I'm going to read it for you guys. It says, do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer, then come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. Everybody knows this verse um, in the context of of sex and marriage and like how you should give yourself times of break from sexual intimacy to go to God for prayer. But I think this scripture is so powerful because it shows us just overall the importance of going to God and taking a break from everything to check in with God about how you are doing and processing the things in your life. So in this example, it's like we're taking a break from each other so that we can pursue God and get mm-hmm. his clarity right. and direction on how we are moving together as mm-hmm. a couple. That's so good. And it definitely has so many implications for even outside of sex, too. And I think that once we gain this knowledge of, hey, my spouse can is not the person to complete me, not the person that knows everything that can solve all my issues. I think we also have to encourage one another to develop a deeper intimacy with God. Yeah, heck yeah. There's a, a poet that I really like and he he shared this message on stage and he was talking about how everybody desires to be married or to have a, a lifelong partner, but you have to accept God on your own by yourself with nobody there with you. And then also you on judgment day will stand before God by yourself. And that made mm. me really think about how at the end of the day, my personal relationship with God is my responsibility and it's something that I can't depend on my spouse to have for me. But then it also gives me on the other side of that coin, the very similar place about how powerful our relationship is to making sure that we both are where we need to be. Like I'm in charge of making sure that my wife is pursuing God on her own and how she's in charge of making sure I'm doing that and mm-hmm. how we can kind of facilitate that, that in each other's lives. Yeah, and you... My husband always asks me a great question 
every every day almost. So do you want to share what that is? Yeah. The well, the question that I ask you, um, what are we eating today? No, baby, that's not not that one. The other one. Oh, the, the second most popular question. <laughs> yes. The second most popular question is, uh, how's your prayer life? Mm. Yeah, I asked my wife that question. I hate that I hate question. That qu- Why? You- <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Okay, stop. Stop. You're annoying. You're annoying. Okay, for real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that question because it really makes me realize that I'm trash. <laughs> you know, so this pastor that I really like, I got this question from a guy named Brian Dye. Um, some of you guys may know him. He's a pastor out of Chicago. He, every time we meet, you know, over a meal at his house, wherever we are, um, before we catch up, he asked me, how is your prayer life? And it's one of those questions where I'm like, dang, he didn't ask me what I'm reading lately. He didn't ask me, have I been going to church? He didn't ask me anything that I could measure by my works, but he asked me something that measures me by my pursuit of God and Mm. the quality time that I'm spending with him. And that answer to that question always makes me feel one or two ways, either that I have a lot more work to do or that I'm in a right place for this season. And I think that question, when I ask my wife that, she feels the same way that I do. Yeah, I definitely do. And it's 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 just a heart check, you know, yeah. like, dang, how is my prayer life? Because honestly, your um, your spiritual life depends a lot on your prayer life. Right. Like, how are how much are you talking to God? Mm. Because Honestly, I had a conviction earlier this year. I think I saw a post. It said, are you talking more about God than talking to him? Sheesh. And I was like, yo. Because I could talk about God all day long. Like, to my husband, to my friends, to Facebook. <laughs> but are my, you talking that's to what him? I mean, right? Am I talking to God? That's so good, babe. That's really good. Yeah. Um, Shoot. I know I needed to hear that right now. Right. And so, yeah, I think that one of the responsibilities being a wife, being a husband, is the fact that we have to encourage one another to develop, yeah, our, our, a deeper relationship with God. And our, did, I, so with that point, I want to ask you something because I think you're taking us somewhere that is really necessary. So we talked about our, our individual places mm-hmm. with God being the primary, most important thing. And then how we both have a role in spurring each other on. And then for once again, for those who aren't even married, that's your job anyway, is to right. spur other people on toward an intimate one-on-one relationship with God. But what do you think about us pursuing God together? Now that mm. we are married, right. like, where does that come in? Yeah, that's so good. I feel like we are one. You know what I mean? We are a couple. And it's so important to grow deeper in our intimacy with each other and with God together. Mm. And I feel like one of the ways to do that is to pray together, right? I agree. We do that a lot. And there is a big difference when we haven't prayed together for a while. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I think it keeps us on the same page. I Mm. think it keeps us unified. Yeah, It builds our intimacy with each other. It builds our intimacy because there are times when I'm extremely mad at you i feel like every podcast i'm like i'm really mad at you people probably like oh he's always mad at his wife oh you are (laughs) i am not but there are times when i'm extremely mad at you and you'll grab my hand and say babe let's Let's pray pray together and you really don't want to and i be heated heated 
Yeah. But I do it though. Yeah. And it's funny because those usually are the prayers where the Lord meets me, confronts me, checks my heart yep. in a crazy way, lets me realize that whatever situation I'm mad about or whatever we're fighting out, f- fighting about, is not even that big in the first place. Exactly. And then it usually is that thing that brings us back to the big mission, which the enemy was trying to divert us from, is that, hey, we're in this fight together and we have to stay unified on our mission to love God and love people. Yeah, and we do that through those heated moments. I feel like one of the ways to remember that our mission is to pray. Like, let's think about it for a second. When we are mad at each other, because there are always going to be times like that, that we are in conflict and arguing. And I really, like, you did something to piss me off, and I really don't want to talk to you. Sometimes I have to do my little own prayer, right? And I'm Mm. like, because naturally, I don't want to forgive you. Or naturally, I just want to be petty towards you. Right. Honestly, I do. But it's in that moment where I'm like, okay, God, he, you know, my husband did this. You know what he did. But I know his heart. And so help me to see his heart and help me to forgive him. And I'm telling you, I come out of that prayer built up and ready to ready to forgive him. You do. Yeah. You do. And usually after we pray, both of us end up apologizing if we haven't <laughs> already. True. If we haven't already, it's like God sweeps in, transforms our heart, shows us the big picture and mm-hmm. just. Yeah, we're just we just really quick with the forgiveness and the repentance after prayer. Yeah. So I just want to share a scripture uh, from Ecclesiastes. Okay. It's two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. Mm. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one person alone keep warm? And if someone overpowers one person, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. This is Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. You know what's so deep about that? Hmm. Especially now, you know, we live in New York. The weather's getting cold. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true about it being hard to stay warm alone. Okay, babe. Um, I thought you were going to go somewhere deep. I am. I am (laughs) going somewhere deep. That was a segue into this next point that I'm about to say (laughs) is that we usually use our moments of closeness physically as a spur into our prayer. Like even, so this is a practical step for the for the couples that are listening who are hearing us talk about praying together. I know that if you already haven't developed this rhythm, especially for me talking to my friends, my married friends, it is hard to start and to develop because it's it's a discipline, it's a practice. So what I would say is find the time to, in you guys' daily schedule, the time when you guys are close, whether it's breakfast, whether it's devotion, whether it's alone time before bed, use those times of closeness as the time for you guys to pray together because that's going to be a space that's going to allow you to develop that rhythm and that discipline. Mm -hmm. And you are going to see just the fruit and the benefit of it in your life, for sure. Exactly, because your marriage depends on God, right? Like, let's go back to that scripture. A A cord of three strands is not easily broken, right? So how I read that scripture is me and my husband are two strands. But Christ is the third strand, Uh, right? So who can stand against us if Christ is for us? Come on, somebody. And our prayer together is a way that we both come into agreement that he is in between us. Exactly. Because 
So you just painted this amazing picture in my head. So individually, we are we are pursuing God with all we have. Mm-hmm. And then we're coming together, right. holding each other accountable mm-hmm. for the fact that God is between us. And I think also, when you think about a Christian marriage that's focused on loving people, showing that God will never leave us or forsake us. That's what our marriage is, is a representation of that. And then also, we're sanctifying each other. Yep. I'm making sure that my wife is becoming better and more like Christ and she's doing the same for me. And our prayer time together is us acknowledging that. It's like us coming to God together, saying that we can't do this without you and wherever you are, we will be. That's where we wanna be, amen.